Praise the Lord. We're always looking for people to help us in these areas. We got uh, Maddie just volunteered to start helping with Children's Church. We got Mark back there is going to start helping with ushering. Hallelujah. We got Jim and Judy helping in the sound booth. God is good. Amen. Find your place. Glory to God. You know, it's when everyone finds their place. And everybody does what they're supposed to do. Does their share, as the Bible says. It will cause growth in the body. It no longer is just a church you go to. It's your church. It becomes your church. Amen. Glory to God. I am expecting glorious things for this place. Amen. How many are ready to see our own church building? Ha-ha-ha. Uh -huh. It's coming. I said it's coming. Now I've been asked by many people, do you know where it's going to be at? At this point in time, I'd say no. But my wife and I are trusting the Lord to reveal it to us. Because once we get it in our sight, glory to God, we're going to believe it in with our heart. It's ours in Jesus' name. How many believe that we could have an incredible stage with an incredible worship team? Amen. We've done it. If you got to come to the Jerry Savelle, we had our full team together that for that service, and it was phenomenal. I was tremendously blessed during that time frame. Amen. Um, I want to do something different today. Hi, Chris. Britta. I got a card for you. Will you run that back to them, please? I call it Casey Ninja. Mr. Ninja. He's able to come upstairs, and while I'm up there, and I don't even know he's there. It's only when I hear, hear the door shut downstairs that I know he's been in and out before I even knew it. But anyway, um, if you've been coming for any length of time, we were on a series called Hearing from God. And... Um, the reason we got on that was because I believe that sometimes I believe too many uh, people in the body of Christ today don't think they can hear from God. That it's only for a select few or it's just for those who are in the ministry, but that's not true. If you're a born-again child of God, you can hear from God. And for a person who doesn't believe it, then can you tell me what this is? This is God's words, meaning what? If you open up this Bible and begin to read it, you're hearing from God. Now, how many know that sometimes people hear, when they hear something, they don't hear it right? Has that ever happened to anybody else in here besides me? My wife likes to tell me I have selective hearing. It is something all men deal with. Never mind. I would go with that, run a little bit, but I'm not wanting to have anybody kick me today. So there you go. But um, we should expect to hear from God. And the more you get trained in this, and the more you expect this, the more you say from your mouth, I know the voice of the good shepherd. A stranger's voice I will not follow. What am I saying when I say that? A stranger's voice. See, the, the enemy will come with voices to try to get you distracted or to try to get you into fear, to try to get you to do something you shouldn't be doing. A stranger's voice I will not follow. Jesus calls me by name, and I follow him. How many believe that God wants you in the right place at the right time? Or do you believe it's God's will for you to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? 
Now, many times being in the right place at the right time doesn't mean it's going to be, everything's going to be ah, floating through, through life on a flowery bed of ease. No issues, no problems, no challenges. Well, that's not the world I live in. And it's not the world that Jesus said, said we live in. For in this world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have testings, trials. The Bible says in the last days, there are going to be perilous times. Perilous times. Hard to deal with times. Times when you're being pressured from every side. How many know that that's a good time to be able to hear from God? Because if you're positioned by him to be in the right place at the right time, that means he's going to get you through those challenging times. That he's going to empower you to come through them victoriously. Amen. So anyway, I'm going to get back to that, I believe, someday. <laughs> um, something that I was looking at just recently. Um, I have to guard how I say this because I don't want it to come out wrong. Um, as a man, I am a man. I have no issues saying it. I'm a man. There you go. Okay. But as a human being, I have emotions. I have feelings. I have things I'm dealing with in my life. The point I'm trying to say is, is I, as your pastor, still have to deal with things in my own personal life for me personally. However, there are many times when God is speaking to me and teaching me and revealing things to me. It's not just for me. In fact, most of the time, it's not just for me. It's for you too. And my heart's desire, my heart's cry is to hear from him and get up here and share with you what his heart is for you today. It's not about me tooting my own horn. <clears throat> It's not about me furthering my own life, elevating myself. I want to see everyone in this room hear and receive the same wonderful, gracious message that God's poured into my life. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt, just like it's changing me, it will change you. Now, if I get up and I share something with you that is not according to the Bible or is not the Bible, I'm asking you to throw it away. I am not up here to stroke your back and make you feel good. Although many times that will happen, that's not why I'm up here. As a pastor, it is my duty to present the truth of the word, to flow with the spirit of God, to minister his word, to minister his life to you, to train you up to do the work of the ministry. If I do that, then I'm fulfilling what God's called me to do, who he's called me to be. But I will say this, if you were here, I guess it was the back of last year, the beginning of last year, or maybe the year before. If I believe I'm going to fulfill my destiny. But none of you fulfill your destinies. Then I can tell you right now, I won't fulfill my destiny. Does that make sense? I have a responsibility before Almighty God to help you discover, 
and then walk out the destiny God has for your life. You'll hear me say this all the time in here. You have destiny to fulfill. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You have destiny to fulfill. A destiny designed by Almighty God before the world ever began just for you. And if you would just begin to focus in on God, spend time with Him, uh, uh, fellowshipping with Him, and allow Him to be speaking to your heart, I'm telling you, He'll reveal exactly what it is you're supposed to do with your life. And there's nothing, nothing this world can offer that compares with walking out His plan and purpose for your life. Amen. How many want to fulfill destiny? How many want to reach every man and woman and teenager and child you've been destined to reach? Glory to God. I am believing to have a church full of people that go and take what you get in here out there into this dark world and do the supernatural for Jesus. Do the miraculous for Jesus. Perform signs and wonders out there for Jesus. Amen. We're all supposed to be doing that. I want to have this place. I want people coming. Pastor Dan, I, want, I got to testify. I got to testify. And they get up there and they talk about how the Lord led them to pray for this person and they were immediately healed. Or the Lord told them to bless this person with finances and that person said, I was just believing God for those finances. I was fixing to go under, but not anymore. God's taking care of me. Hallelujah. Amen. We're blessed to be a blessing. And I'm not just talking in the area of finances. I'm talking about it in every area. Amen. Glory to God. So hearing from God is important. I better get off of this. Get right back into the message again. I already have, haven't I? But as I was pondering and thinking and, and, and uh, studying some things, the Lord brought across my path a particular message um, that is phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. I've been in uh, being taught about faith since I began to walk with the Lord, seriously walk with him. And um, if, for those who don't know, I went to Rama Bible Training College, and uh, Kenneth E. Hagin is the founder of it. And probably one of the most incredible spiritual men to ever walk this planet. I know that sounds... Pretty, um, pretty big statement. I'm not trying it, trying to say that to put him on a, a pedestal, but what I am saying is he's somebody who had revelation from Jesus Christ about the area of faith, about the area of love, a bunch, a bunch of different areas. And I've had that honor to sit under his ministry. I went to his school. I still pick up his books and read them to this day. The point I'm trying to get across is, is really since I started walking with God, I've been learning about how to walk by faith, how to live by faith. I am convinced that the best thing I can do for my children isn't to leave them with a house and lots of uh, material things and finances. The best thing I could ever do to them or for them is to teach them about faith, how to live by faith. Because if you learn how to live by faith, you can bring those different things into your own life. Amen. Does everybody understand how I'm saying that? 
But anyway, I was listening to this particular message, and I'm telling you, I was so rocked by it in a good way. It got into me so deeply, and I've listened to it now on more than one occasion, and I am sure that's something I'm going to be ministering to you very shortly, but not today. I know, it was kind of like all of a setup for when we're going to get there. Amen. And we're going to get there. But today, what I believe the Lord is leading me to do is share with you something that um, Brother Jerry Savelle uh, is, a, again, one of the ministers we support. And he has, I don't know how long this has been going on, how many years this has been going on. But every year around, I mean, excuse me, around October, around that part of the year, he receives a prophetic word of the Lord for the upcoming year. And um, so what I have done is I listened to it, started to listen to the message he gave to the church where he is founded out of. And um, the Lord began to share with me, this is what I want you to get across to your people right now at the end of this year and possibly into next year. I want you guys to pay attention now to the message because I believe this message will get you so ready to take on the new year. Amen. Uh, go with me this morning to Mark chapter 10. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into the word. We open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. You are our teacher. You are the one who leads us and guides us into truth. We expect to have that happen today. Father, by your grace, we'll be sure not just to be hearers here in this place, but to be doers, doers of the word. Because we do the word, we expect to be blessed. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And if you believe that, say amen. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Brother, you know how much time I have. Restart it? Sure. <laughs> no. Huh? 21? That's how many more minutes I have? Hallelujah. Y'all ready? Rapid fire. No. <laughs> this is one of the benefits of being a pastor. I got next Sunday. So do you, hopefully. Coming back. Amen. <laughs> Verse 17 says, Now as he was going, speaking of Jesus, out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do? that I may inherit eternal life. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Right there, it tells us why this young man became rich. Why? Because he was not only heard the word, he was doing the word. Are you listening? The Bible has that uh, particular, I don't like to use the word formula, but that's the way it's done. You hear the word, you do the word, you shall be blessed. You got God's word on it. Amen. Uh, verse 21, then Jesus looking at him loved him. Now, Jesus loved him. Why? Because he knew that this young man had been keeping the commandments of God. But he also knew this. 
There is something else this young man had allowed into his life. Something that was causing this young man to be, get on a pathway he wasn't supposed to be on. Jesus loved him because of the fact that he had lived sold out to God, but now something else was sneaking into his life called covetousness. He couldn't get enough of it. And those very riches that he once had now had him. And so Jesus said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come. Take up the cross and follow me. Now, some like to bring out here that Jesus was telling this young rich ruler to get rid of his riches because riches are bad. But the same people come out and tell us that money is the root of all evil. And that's not true. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Did you hear me? You don't have money, friends. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. You're not going to be doing much in this earth. Hello? It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And what Jesus is telling him here, well, let me just throw this, say this. Again, I, and I mentioned this just a moment ago. If Jesus is telling him to get rid of his riches, how could that possibly happen in this young man's life if he's obeying God? If he's doing the commandments of God. Because if he didn't get blessed, then that would make God out to be a liar. I know you might not have heard this it, this way, but I want you to hear it. Because if you know the commandments, but you don't do the commandments, you don't can't expect to be blessed. But if you're hearing the commandments and you're doing the commandments, you can expect to be blessed. Hello? So this young man's been doing it. But what Jesus is trying to, uh, that's the reason he's blessed. But what Jesus is trying to do here is to get his focus off of something that is not of God. And that's wanting more, wanting more. What, I got to have more. I got it. He's become covetous. You understand what I, and covetous, being covetousness, covetous, I'm from Texas. Sometimes these big words are hard for me to say. <laughs> Being covetous is a sin. He's opened himself up to sin. In fact, listen to this. Verse 22, but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. I believe a better way of saying this is that his possessions now had him. Do you know how you can tell whether uh, something has you or not? If you can't give it away, it's got you. It's got you. Come on, I'm not going to go off on that rabbit trail, Lord. So Jesus wasn't trying to get this young man to sell everything he had because riches are bad. No, he knew that this young man had allowed covetousness into his life. That's a bad thing. But I want, notice what Jesus said to him. One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor. The poor. Now, once again, is Jesus trying to get him to get rid of his riches? The Bible actually says, doesn't the Bible tell us in Proverbs 19, 17, and I believe I have it 
in the Passion Translation. Every time you give to the poor, you make a loan to the Lord. Don't worry, you'll be repaid in full for all the good you've done. So Jesus is literally setting this young man up to be even more blessed. Go give it to the poor. I don't know how it is with, I mean, your understanding of God, but God is not the kind that repays evenly. He always blesses you with way much more. That's why it's called a harvest. Are you hearing me? And you will have treasure in heaven. Now, a lot of folks like to believe that that's talking about when we get to heaven, we're going to have a big old pile of riches when we get up there. Why would we need it up there? Why would we need rich, a big pile of gold and silver and all that stuff when we get up there? When the roads are made of gold. Are you hearing me? We're not going to need it when we get up there. What he's saying is, listen, when you are giving to the poor, when you are sowing into different people's lives or into ministries or into churches, you're putting your money in an account in heaven that you can call upon anytime you have need of finances while you're here. Amen. We got to comprehend and understand again, we live in two different realms the spirit realm and this natural realm. And when you sow, it's not just something you're doing naturally, although you are doing something naturally. You're also doing something spiritually. Something is happening in the spirit realm. Friends, there's go- it's like you got a big old ledger when you get up there. I mean, when, if you could see into the spirit realm, you got a ledger up in heaven. He sowed this amount on this day. He sowed this amount on this day. Oh, he drew out this amount. It goes on and on and on and on. But glory to God, the interest when you get to heaven. I mean, see that ledger when you get up there? It's going to be, so- getting way ahead of myself. It'll be 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. Are you hearing me? Oh, glory to God. Doesn't that sound like something you would rather be investing in? Into stocks and bonds here on this earth? Into this, what is the interest rate on a normal savings account? Like, is it 1%, 2%, not even that yet now? Why wouldn't you want to put so into something that's going to bring you back a 30-fold return, a 60-fold return, a 100-fold return? And we're going to get more into that in just a moment if we have the time today. Because sometimes people just don't like to, oh, Pastor Dan, no, come on. That's not what that means. Who said it? Who said it? Thank you. It was Jesus. And if you haven't come to the conclusion that it's impossible for Jesus to lie, you need to come to that conclusion because it's impossible for Jesus to lie. And that means if he said it, that settles it. Now you have a choice. I just can't believe it. It just can't be that way. It just can't be that way. I can't believe it. Or you can just say, Jesus said it. That's I, I choose to believe it. I, I, I choose to believe it. And, and, and even though I may not be seeing the 30-fold return at this point in my life or the 60-fold return or the 100-fold return, I'm going to take Jesus at his word and expect it to come in. Because, see, my Jesus, it's impossible for him to lie. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm getting happy now. Jesus said, come, take up the cross and follow me. Jesus was offering this young man something that he offered only a select few to come and be his disciple. I'm not talking to be a follower of Christ. I'm I'm talking about to be one of his disciples. But in order for him to do this, Jesus knew this young man needed to do something else first. 
He needed to let go of his riches, not so that those riches would go away from him forever, but he needed to change his perspective on things again. He needed to realize that those things now had a hold of him. And when he would have obeyed the Lord, sold everything, gave it to the poor, friends, he would have set himself up for a greater blessing than ever before. But now his perspective on things would be right. You understand what I'm saying? See, a lot of times people take what I believe is the, the God's way of doing things, sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, giving and receiving. They take that and they run off onto a ditch with it. I'm going to use this as a get-rich-quick scheme. Did I say that right? Get-rich-quick scheme? Yes. And, and, and they start to want to manipulate God's way of doing things for their benefit. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. People who do it like that are people who are not going to be blessed because their motives aren't correct. And that's probably where this young man was in his life, this rich young ruler. We've got to be willing to give whatever the Lord is leading you to give, to sow whatever the Lord is leading you to sow. Have you ever had to give away everything you had in your savings account? I have. I know what it's like when the Lord speaks to me. One of the ways that it works for my wife and me, well, for, for my wife and me is that usually if I get something, the amount that God is leading me to sow into a church, into a ministry, whatever, uh, uh, or, or to a person, she'll get the same thing. And she'll look at me, and she, she'll go, I just, I'm waiting for her to say something to me. What'd you get? What'd you get? And listen, this has happened on many occasions. She'll look at me and say the exact amount that God had already spoken my heart to give. Why would God do that? Because we're a couple that has become one. We are both after his heart. And he will speak to the two of us. Why? So that we can come into agreement. Glory to God. And when you come into agreement, you got it. You got it. You're going to get the blessings back to you. So we sowed this amount, everything we had. It wasn't an exorbitant amount at this time. It was almost not right after we got married, but pretty soon after that. And we, we, we sowed it. And this is the honest God's truth. I don't remember, I can't tell you the exact time frame, but I remember walking into my kitchen and up on the, you know, the window of over the sink, there, I don't remember what it was either, but there was something up there that a check was in it. I walked up and looked at the check and it was, we had sewed in the hundreds. This check for, was for thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars. And we had not told anybody that we had done that. Now, you might be thinking, well, maybe that's just you, Pastor Dan. You're a minister. It's supposed to work for you. No, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer, as are you. It will work for you just as much as it works for me if you work the word. Amen. You can't expect to reap a harvest if you have done no sowing. You can go out into those fields with a bunch of corn seed in, you know, I don't know how they do it, pouches of it, I don't know, say a pouch. You've got a big pouch of corn seed. And you can stand at that corn field. That field is looking really good. Good looking field. Woo! 
Okay, corn, come. Come on, corn, come. Grow corn, grow corn, grow corn. Is it going to grow unless you first do what? Sow the seed. Then when you sow the seed, and I don't know how long it takes corn to grow, and I'm not going to try to tell you what it is, but whatever it is, somebody might know what it is, but in a length of time, you can go back out there and you're going to see the corns ready to be harvested. And what is out there now is way more, way more than what you have sown. What's the key? Sowing the seed as the Lord leads you to sow it. Hello. This has happened over and over again in my life. This has happened over and over. You know why I'm so excited about the fact that I sowed those seeds that I just shared with you? Because I know a great harvest is coming back to us. I've seen it happen over and over and over. I know God's going to bring a great harvest to me, to this church. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We have, I've shared this with you before, we have received great seed into this church from people, from different individuals, from some ministries. I remember I got one not too long ago. From a, a young man that I went to. Oh, he's not young. He's the same age as me now. <laughs> young man. Anyway, <laughs> um, I went to the uh, rival high school in Baytown, Texas. Him and I, he went, I went to Robert E. Lee. He went to uh, uh, Sterling High School. And, and, and so I knew him, you know, fr- friends, but not real, you know, more of an acquaintance than a friend. But one day, I got a check in the mail. I hadn't communicated with him since back then. I don't remember the last time I'd even said anything to him. I didn't even know if he knew that I was a pastor, a minister. But there was a check from him for $5,000. Now, maybe that happens to you all the time. But that's not something that happens on a a, a regular basis, but it's going to start happening on a regular basis. Glory to God, I say that out of my mouth. But why did it happen? Because somewhere down the line, I had sown seed. And now the harvest was coming back in. I don't care where the harvest comes from. I don't come who, care who it comes through. I don't care if it happens like you've heard me say before. If a dog shows up at our doorstep with a bag of money in his mouth. I don't care how it happens. I just know it's going to happen. God is more than capable to get it back to me. Because, see, he knows if he can get it to me, he can get it through me. We love to bless people. We love to bless people. Glory to God. I tell you what, sometimes y'all just pull on me and I'm going off on these things. Hallelujah. This young man needed to get a proper perspective of his riches. Because his riches were no longer things he had, they had him. He had become covetous. Jesus was trying to get him to change his perspective. Sell everything, give it to the poor. What if he had done that? I bet you we would have learned what his name was. I bet you he'd have become one of the disciples. I, don't, I, I can't you know, guarantee you and, and, and say that's exactly what would have happened, but the bottom line is this. You, you never hear from about him ever again in the Bible, do you? He walked away sad. That's sad. I tell you this, let me say something to you. 
from a heart full of love coming from his heart to yours. When he asks you to do something, he's never trying to take something away from you. Did you hear what I just said? He's never trying to take something away from you. He's trying to get something to you. Greater harvest. If you can show him that you will be faithful to give when he leads you to give, he's going to keep getting it to you. And the way he does it, it can happen in a variety of different ways. You can get a promotion at your job. You can start a new business that begins to flourish. There's all kinds of different ways that it can happen. Amen. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen if you are just going to take everything that comes in and hoard it up. I got to hold on to it for a rainy day. That's the world's mentality. That's not God's mentality. Are you hearing me? How much time do I have now? 30 minutes? Three minutes? Can you make your car go faster? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God wanted this man, young man blessed. He was blessed. He was a rich young ruler. But unfortunately, his riches got a hold of him. You know that sometimes you got to ask God, is this become something that has become an idol to me? Is this something? I've heard of different ones. I know of one, you know, I'm thinking of one minister in particular who had gotten, I want to say it was a brand new vehicle. Um, I believe it was a vet, but I'm not 100% certain. He would go out and he would work on that car and he would clean it. And, you know, I mean, it was beautiful, spick and span and, Oh, man, I go go check out that car out again. And it just got so much. He became consumed with it. And then God spoke to his heart. I want you to give it away. Well, this is something that he's been, you know, he cherishes. He wants. He's been wanting it for a long time. Was God trying to get it away from him because it was wrong for him to have it? Or was God trying to get it, telling him to give it away because it now had him? See, riches aren't bad, folks. It's if riches have you. I can tell you this with everything that's me. If you can live your life with the focus on him, on his way of doing things, and of being a bigger blessing than you could ever imagine, are you hearing me? He's going to keep getting the harvest to you. Again, I don't know how it's going to happen. Bottom line is it is going to come in for you. Great harvest coming in for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now look at verse, oh my goodness, 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Notice it's not impossible. It's hard. Why? Because too many start to put their trust in their riches instead of in the Lord. Verse 24. And the disciples were glad. Because of these words. Because they weren't rich, they were poor. Isn't that what religious folks like to tell us? <laughs> but that's not what the Bible says here, is it? It says the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who what? Trust in riches. Not in God but in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
and they wipe their brows and say, Whew, thank God that's not us. We're poor, not rich. But again, that's not how they responded, is it? The Bible says they were greatly astonished. They were greatly astonished, saying among them, amongst themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked to them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Get this next verse. So Jesus answered. Who said this? Who's answering here? This is Jesus, okay? The one who can't lie. Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Now notice, who shall not receive a hundredfold now, now, now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions <laughs> and in the age to come, eternal life. So what is Jesus saying here is going to happen to those who have left anything for his sake in the gospel? What is Jesus saying? I know this sounds like a trick question. It's really not. They shall receive a hundredfold. A hundredfold. When? Are you sure it's not when you get to heaven? Again, they like to tell us that, don't they? Meaning the religious folk. No, it says now. Now in this time. Right now. Everybody say now. When's now? Right now. Right now. And in the age to come, eternal life. Glory to God. Thank God for eternal life. But who said this? Is it possible for Jesus to lie? I know. I, 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 some people might think, I'm, you know, what's that saying go? You're kicking a dead horse. Going back over it so many times. Pastor. I'm trying to make sure you got it. Get it. Jesus said this. Amen. Glory to God. Religious leaders try, like to try to tell us and prove to us that's not what Jesus meant here. That's not what Jesus meant here. But I challenge you to go, get your concordance, get your Greek lexicon and your expository dictionary of New Testament words and look this up and study it out for yourself and I guarantee you, you're going to discover after hours of pouring over this scripture, that Jesus meant exactly what he said. Do it if you don't believe me. You know, sometimes we need to just tell folks, when they say stuff to us, where is that in the Bible? Why do people just accept what a pastor or somebody else says to them? You know, my dad... I love my dad. He's in heaven. Glory to God. Um, he would say some things that were not found in the Bible. Not crazy stuff, but basically things you heard down through the years. You know, some of the older folks would say, I'm trying to think of one of them right now. God helps those who help themselves. 
You ever heard that one? God helps those who help themselves. No, God helps those who help others for a blessing to others. Hello? God strengthens us and helps us when we're following through on his plan and purpose for our lives. Amen. We've got to come to the realization here that what Jesus said in those Bible verses, he meant it. If you've left anything for the gospel's sake, for his name's sake, you will receive a hundredfold now in this life. In this life. Where am I at, Riley? <laughs> Riley's shaking her hand, my daughter's saying, You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. That makes me feel real good and fuzzy on the inside, but praise the Lord. My 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 children. Glory to God. Anyway, um, I will stop here. Because I don't want you to, you know, once you lose a person's, I'll just be blunt. Once you lose a person's backside, you lose the person. Or the sitting becomes a challenge for them. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me in someone's ministry? All right, boy, please stop. Anybody doing that right now to me? <laughs> um, I'm going to go and I'm going to show you some different scriptures. And I'm going to prove some things out from the Bible. Many of the things I'm going to be sharing with you at first are going to be things you've probably heard before, a lot of you. But I want to make sure you know without a shadow of a doubt what I'm going to share with you is the B-I-B-L-E. Not my theory, not something I heard this guy say or this woman say or somebody else say. It's what does the Bible say? I'm going to show you that the hundredfold return Probably the majority of Christians have never really said, God, I'm going to believe you for that. Because why? Because it's just too extraordinary. It's just, well, how could you possibly believe for that? I mean, think about it. You gave $10. How much is that? We'd come back. 1000 You gave 1000 How much is going to come back? Glad y'all guys are doing this because I'm thinking in my mind, how much is that? So it starts to get to the place where a lot of times people go, their minds start going tilt, tilt, tilt. But if we see it in the Bible, that means God said it. It's impossible for him to lie. That settles it. That settles it. That settles it. Now you have a choice. Every one of us have a choice. As for me and my house, we choose to believe. We're going to believe what the Bible says. And I'm going to trust God to reveal to you, just like he's revealed to me, that this is his way of doing things. And we're going to get into the prophetic word that God has for this next year. And I want to share something that God spoke to my heart years ago that ties in with this word for this year. And I was so thrilled when I heard it because it reminded me of that, something that I do when I sow. In fact, if you were here earlier and you heard me praying, you heard a word I used. You want to go ahead and hear what the word, for this, word of the Lord is for this year? Nah, just come back next week. <laughs> Real quickly, I'll close it with this. And we're not there yet, obviously. It is this. 2023 is the year of the maximum. The year of the highest level attainment. The year of the maximum. How many know what maximum means? You can't get no higher. 
I'm going to go ahead and share this. Years ago, I was teaching along the lines, is it God's will to prosper his children? Is that his will for us, to be blessed and prosperous, live prosperous? And I had come upon the 30, 60, 100-fold that Jesus talks about in the sower sows the word in Mark 4. And I said to the Lord, you know, in my heart, I was like going, Lord, how do we we determine what kind of harvest we're going to get back? And I, I heard him speak to me in my heart, not with audible words, but in my heart. He said, be it unto you according to your faith. I want you, every time you sow now, to claim a maximized harvest back. Maximized harvest. Because, see, a lot of times when your harvest comes in, it might be 30-fold. It might be 60-fold. It might be 100-fold. It might be 1,000-fold. The bottom line is, is we've got to believe for a maximized harvest. 2023 is the year of the maximum. Glory to God, can't get any higher than that. Can't attain anything higher than that. And as I was sitting there last night, I was pondering it up on my wall again. And again, for those who have been here coming here, what the Lord spoke to that minister when I went down to Mark Hankins Ministries uh, uh, meetings down there. No more small thinking. No more limited. We as Christians, I'm just going to be blunt, we've lived way below where we're supposed to be living. I'm not saying this in the sense of being selfish. I'm not saying this in the sense of being, look at me, prideful. I'm not saying this in the sense of being covetous. I'm saying this in the sense of doing it God's way and then expecting him to bring a maximum harvest back to us. Why? So we can be a bigger blessing to spread the gospel all over the world. And then the the end will come. As we heard Dutch Sheets say, I don't remember how long ago it was we were listening to that. He's believing the end times harvest is going to be a billion souls for Jesus. A billion souls. How many know that it's going to take money to get to that many people? Are you listening? Glory to God. Should money be an issue for us as Christians? Should finances? And this is not just in the area of finances. I'm just using this as an example right now. Should that be something that is an issue for us? But if you've been trained up either through religious thinking or you still have the thinking of the world, It goes contrary to what the Bible says, to God's way of doing things. So what do I have as my responsibility? To share with you the way I think it should be done or to share with you the way God has shown me he wants it done? Again, if God said it, that settles it, I choose to believe it. And I haven't seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in other people's lives that I know. I have seen these things. I have heard of different ministers who were believing God, been speaking out of their mouths. Someone was going to give them a million dollars. Somebody walked in and handed them a check. First time I heard about it was two, uh, what kind of checks were those called? Uh, Cashier's check or something like that. One was for 500000 The other was for 500000 Equaling $1 million. I don't know about you, but I'd be a happy little camper. Glory to God. Well, then that same man of God said, we're believing God for $2 million. $2 million. 
And guess what? Someone came in with a check for $2 million. Heard of another minister. See, these things happen, friends. I know of another minister. The Lord led him to sow $1,000 out of every area of his ministry. He had 10 different areas of his ministry. That means that was what? $10,000 he sowed. He said before the end of that year, every single one of those $1,000 he had sown came back to him a hundredfold. In fact, at one meeting, by the same man that had spoken in those, it was Kenneth Hagin, by the way, but, but uh, well, I just want to say his name, Jerry Savelle, that's the one I was talking about. He said he came, went to one of his meetings, Dad Hagen's meetings. Dad Hagen stopped and said to Jerry Savelle, come up here. And he said when he got up there, he looked at him and he said, I've never done this before, but the Lord has just told me to give you my plane. Give him his plane. A plane. You know how much a plane costs? A lot of dinero. But he obeyed the Lord and gave it to him. But Brother Jerry had already obeyed the Lord and sown seed. Again, a lot of people, I know, I know, I know. I can see it, almost see it on some of your faces, and that's why I've got my eyes closed right now. <laughs> You've got to let go of religious stinking thinking. Because it will keep you from God's best for your life. I'm in no wise trying to take your money from you. I've said this to you on more than one occasion. If you don't want to give, don't give. You're not my source. God is my source. It's kind of good looking up there. I'm trying to get you blessed so you can be a bigger blessing. I know there are many people in here. I know these two men. They grabbed onto this. They're running with this. They are faithful to give, faithful to tithe, always giving large offerings, always blessing other people with stuff. They're getting, they got a hold of it. Glory to God, the more they keep doing it, it's going to keep coming. It's going to keep coming in. Hallelujah. I want you blessed. I want you to experience in 2023 the year of the maximum, the year where you can't get any higher. How many want that? And it's for a reason. Again, it's not to go around, look at me, look at me, whoa, look at me. It's for us to be a greater blessing. Wouldn't you like me to come next time next year with a big old thick water paper of all the different ministries I just sowed in, but now this time instead of sowing, I sowed $100 in every one of them. But this time I sowed $1,000. Then the next year I sowed $10,000. Then the next year I sowed $50,000. Is that even possible, Pastor Nate? Hey, no more limited thinking. No, no, no more small thinking, no more limited thinking. I am not going to dream small. I'm not going to be limited up here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dream big. My God is big. I'm his child. I believe for maximum 2023. Amen. Please keep coming back. I'm going to give you the word. You're going to see it in the Bible. We're going to see it happening in Genesis, the book of beginnings. The book, if it happened in the book of beginnings, back in Genesis, do you know that that's an established principle then? Are you listening? So I, 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 I hope you come back next week expecting good things. And the week after that, we do Christmas, the Christmas party. The week after that, we'll be gone. The week after that will be New Year's Day. 
us in the Lord how we're going to do that. Probably get together anyway on New Year's Day, amen? Because most of us ain't going to be start staying up and saying, Happy New Year! My wife makes it about 9.30. So sometimes I make it to about 11. Yeah. <laughs> or, or what is it, Australia? Trump's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon our time. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. Um, so, I, again, just let me just close it down and say this. I trust you see my heart. A lot of times people get caught up in thinking that uh, the minister's heart is wrong. My heart is not wrong. As I, I'm standing before you for Almighty God. My heart is to see you blessed. See this church blessed. See this church reaching more for Jesus. Amen. That's my heart, big time. I want that to be your heart as well. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for this opportunity to come together in your name, to hear this word. I know I'm just getting started on it, Father. But I believe in Jesus' name the people in here are going to receive the word that's being preached. Receive it in hearts, stir it up. Stir it up to receive the seed and water of the word. Father, as the word says, you bring the increase. You bring the increase. I believe these people will not just be hearers of the word, but, Father God, once they hear the word, receive the word, that they'll be doers of the word. Because, Father, you have promised us, if we do the word, we shall be blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you now, God. Thank you, Lord. We're excited for the rest of this year. Lord God, we're even more excited for next year. We believe that the be our best days are before us. We're walking out destiny. We're going to reach more and more and more for the kingdom of God. Thank you for these things now. In Jesus' holy name. If you believe that, please say amen. amen. We love you guys so much. Again, we're always here for you. If you have questions or anything along those lines, please don't hesitate to call us, talk to us, set up a meeting. We'll meet here with you and talk to you. We're about helping you. We love you. Amen. And uh, I, I can't express to you enough. I believe this is the direction for us. I believe you're going to see some glorious things that are going to get you excited about the upcoming days. Amen? Hallelujah. I bless them now, Lord, as they go. Keep them safe throughout the week. Bring them back safely on Wednesday night if they're able, to ladies on Thursday morning, and, of course, next week. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. <sighs> You're going to do what? Oh, yeah. Bless you, girl. Bless you, Ronnie.